0: Do a search for mythical creature, and you're sure to conjure things that reside somewhere between human and animal. The Hydra with its headdress of snakes, dogmen that prowl the northern wilderness, centaur warriors galloping into battle. But the truth, it turns out, is also somewhere in between. Today, we're sharing stories of chimeras. (laughs) Chimeras Welcome to Shadowland, everybody. Welcome. This is a podcast that shines a spotlight on stories of the supernatural, mysterious, eerie, and unexplained. Stuff like dark matter.
1: Atlantis. Portals. Rock flyers.
0: Miracles.
1: Ceremonial magic. Ghost ships. Bottomless pits. Mothman. Human-pig hybrids. (laughs) Cults. Close encounters of the fifth kind.
0: MK Ultra.
1: Shapeshifters.
0: All that stuff.
1: All that stuff and more.
0: Lots more. I'm Christina Callery.
1: And I'm Seth Jablon.
0: And today, today
1: we're doing we're chimeras.
0: Chimeras and Human, human pig,
1: pig. Hybrids. hybrids. Nice. Finally. Finally, finally. Although I feel like that's going to be the shortest <laughs> bit that I'm going to talk about. But <laughs> finally doing them. Long time coming. Um, cool. Well, like, yeah, I mean, I was excited to do this just because of the human-pig hybrids thing. But then, like, kind of scratching in the surface of it, it's, like, kind of a very weird topic, right? Like, there's, like, yeah. a quasi-scientific aspect to it. There's a mythological aspect to it. I thought there would be more sort of in the middle, you know? Right. But, um, yeah, so I think we'll, And then also we'll have, have to,
0: like, wonder, well, like, what is the What's the deeper meaning here? Yeah, why, why are we, why are we obsessed so drawn with this? to this? Yeah, why are we obsessed with it?
1: Yeah, so Um, cool, so I think, I think I'm gonna go first, right? Isn't that what we talked okay. about? Just cause I, I think I'm gonna well, set you, it up. Well,
0: you can, yeah, you can go first. Okay. Even though you, you went first last time, too. Okay, okay. You deserve it. <laughs> okay. Just, I, just
1: do it. Okay. Alright, so, um, Basically, so, all right, so just starting at the beginning. Um, so originally the word chimera is taken from uh, Greek mythology. Uh, chimera, chimera was a monstrous, fire-breathing, hybrid creature of Lycia, who, which was composed of the parts of more than one animal. Um, it was usually depicted as a lion uh, with the head of a goat protruding from its back uh, and a tail that sometimes end, uh, ends with a snake's head.
0: Wow, that
1: sounds really complicated. Yeah, yeah. So when you hear Chimera, you think of this sort of smooth combination of two animals, or at least I did, right? Like, but it's much more sort of haphazard and tacked on, right? Like the goat head is is not like a second head next to the lion one. It's really sort of grafted onto its back, right? And then like the snake tail is also weird. Like it's just, it's not like, oh, it's also part snake. It's no, it's got like a... Snake living on its butt, sort of thing. So it's like it definitely feels like pasted together in a weird way, like kind of on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, this is a, a whole thing in Greek mythology, right? Like Medusa, Medusa had snakes for hair, right? The Minotaur is another obvious example. Um, the Minotaur, you know, had you know being said to have spawned from the liaison of a woman and a bull, um, which I think that it means it's a certain type of you know, sort of uh, a psychological union, right? Like very often, this is like the spawn of something, a human mating with some type of God or sort of like principle or something. So I definitely feel like in Greek mythology, it was meant to be um, much more psychological, right? So, you know, I definitely went into this topic, believing that these were more like uh, composite aspects that were mo- meant to represent sort of psychological traits or ab- abnormal psychological traits or spiritual or supernatural powers. And like, after going through it, like, I still think that, you know, like I think that's what the Greeks or the Greek writers were, were trying to get at. Um, but as some of these myths moved more into folklore, it definitely made me wonder what you know. What has us so obsessed with this idea of some of these creatures like actually existing, right? And there's definitely like an obsession there, right? And we'll we'll get into that probably For a lot sure. more with yours. But
0: well, I mean, you could even look at something like flying airplanes as like an attempt at union with birds Uh uh-huh yeah right experience you know i wonder you know how much of it has to do with looking at nature and and wanting
1: to join with it in some way or yeah yeah yeah.
0: feeling alienated from it um yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so you know beyond folklore though the the term chimera has also made its way into the sort of scientific world and you know it's sometimes used with specificity specificity. Uh, and sometimes it's sort of used as a synonym with hybrid. Um, but after all, it's actually a lay term, right? It's not really like a super scientific term, even though it is used, you know, the word chimeraism is is used uh, in science. Um, so in the scientific sense, chimeraism is defined by having two sets of genes, right? So in other words, a genetic chimera is a single organism that is composed of cells from uh, different individuals, I guess in a way that they haven't sort of blended together, right? That it's traceable, right? Like I think I was reading someone making the argument like, well, we, you know, we eat an animal and we sort of like take on its, its cell, like it's genetic, you know, but it's, it's not like um, it's not being processed. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll get into exactly what I mean by that. So for instance, Um, The model uh, Taylor Mull is considered as having chimeraism as she has um, the genes of her own twin on her torso, which led to sort of one side being a slightly darker, it's sort of like a pink, right? So like if you look at a, a photo of her midsection, it's like literally straight down the middle. One side is sort of like the same color skin as the rest of her body. And then the other side is kind of like a reddish pink. Um, So it's this like weirdly clear, it's not like some like blob, it's like this very clear sort of division. And what happened was that, you know, which, which happens sometimes with twins that they can, in the womb or as they're developing, they sort of incorporate the other, like the other one dies or is sort of taken over by the other twin. And sometimes that can like, live inside them right or sometimes it sort of gets blended in but it's still uh, um, you still maintain those genes um, in the body that are sort of separate from your genes I don't know exactly how scientifically that works but um, I think there was even some reports of people then procreating and having the, the child of their own twin or something genetically speaking oh
0: wow that's yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah, I've heard the, I've heard the stories about people who, you know, it's discovered that they have some kind of tumor or something, and right. when it's removed, it's act, it's actually the remains of a twin.
1: Right, right. And that so, they didn't know they had. Yeah. So I don't know if that exact case is chimerism, but but that's the idea, right? Is that you you have you know the, the sort of um, you have spliced together. It's very spliced, right? Like as opposed to, so. Um, so questions are like, are ligers chimera? And so no, technically they're hybrids, right? So I guess the definition really is that interspecies chimeras are generally made in the, in the laboratory. Um, and then, although again, in my research, I did find some people using it interchangeably with the term hybrid, right? So even like the human pig hybrid, is technically the sort of chimera, but I'm not even sure if t- chimera is really technical. <laughs> so anyways, um, so um, the five kinds of chimera is created by science. So from a scientific perspective, um, there's five kinds of chimera that have been created in a lab or, or in some sort of scientific sense. Um, uh, one, the first is a virus chimera, which is boring um, human uh, monkey, human mouse, human pig, right, which is one of their fabes, and human-human, which I've already talked about, right? And that's the, the whole twin thing. Um, the human-mouse seems kind of obvious, right? Like, yeah, they probably, you know, I, when I read that I was like, yeah, I kind of assumed that they were like trying to put human and, you know, mouse cells together for a while. Um, but the human-monkey, okay, now we're, we're getting somewhere. So the human-monkey uh, hybrid was created in a lab. Um, it was considered a success, Uh, The embryo was destroyed at 14 days of um, gestation, which is dubbed the red line, meaning the embryo did not uh, yet develop a central nervous system. So that, I guess, is the sort of ethical line that science has drawn, at least for the time being, of how long, whether or not like, okay, now we're creating a monster, you know, um, is that they will, they will sort of and the project uh, and the experiment before it um, develops a nervous system, um,
0: or so they say,
1: or this so they say because we we know that's bullshit. Who story.
0: knows? Yeah. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so um, human pig hybrids, right? <laughs> so um, to me, it's definitely the most compelling one of all. So I mean, just taking a step back, the idea of human-pig hybrid has definitely been around for a while, uh, making its way even into a popular culture, right? Obviously, there's the um, 1896 H.D. Wells novel, The Island of Dr. Moreau, and then the famous film adaptation starring Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. Um, there was a Twilight Zone episode about it. There was a Seinfeld episode. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> like, the Twilight Hamer, Zone
0: like- where, where the woman wakes up from plastic surgery and
1: Yes, well, that one. And then I was saying there's a a Seinfeld episode, too, where Kramer, you know, says he discovers one that, like, it's being kept at a hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) so it's definitely, like, something that's, like, uh, uh, captured the imagination of people for probably a myriad of reasons, right? So, you know, maybe this is just simply the result of, like, yet another compelling vision of hg wells but i think just the thought of a human pig person is something that's definitely captured the imagination this past century right like i mean obviously the sort of you know um human monkey sort of hybrid right like it's kind of like or human ape it's kind of like planet of the apes but just this idea that there's these like you know when we think of scientific experiments you know that like you know or uh, you know unethical or you know happening in the shadows and or in some conspiratorial sense like you know like that's kind of like probably one of the first places most people go right um okay so the facts the facts are that in 2017 scientists did in fact create a human pig hybrid um so that january a report was published um in a uh a journal uh called cell about uh, an experiment um, by a team of researchers led by Juan Carlos Ispicia Belmonte. Why do I always get the story? <laughs> it's like really hard to pronounce names. Um, at the Salk <laughs> Institute in California. Um, so, in the experiment, the researchers um, uh, injected the um, stem cells into the early stage pig embryo. Then, these hybrid embryos were then transferred into surrogate uh, sows and allowed to develop until the first trimester, which is pretty crazy. Right. Um, uh, And then they. what was the goal? Oh, the goal. Okay. So definitely. um, Okay. Well here, I'll, I'll read you in Juan Carlos's words. Our findings may offer hope for advancing science and medicine by providing an unprecedented ability to study early embryo development and organ formation as well as a potential new avenue for medical therapies. So bottom line is like they're trying to figure out how to grow organs, right? Like that's that's the general gist of what all the stuff they're doing, right? Like mm. and one of the reasons that that pigs are ideal is because the size, right? They can grow organs that are comparable in size. And I think there's a few other things like flesh-wise. Like, I think they've like actually done weird things like growing ears on their backs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I or, heard,
0: I think that wasn't there a mouse. Wasn't that the human mouse? Yeah. I think I there heard. was, Oh, right. Yeah. Right. There's
1: like an ear With on an a mouse ear. or whatever. But, yeah. um, I think something about their, their flesh is like something like ours. Um, but, uh, yeah. But anyways, they, you know, they, they, they obviously, um, uh, destroyed the embryos, um, but you know, you know that they let some go longer. <laughs> like that's what they're talking about, right? So it's you like, think,
0: like somewhere on, there's an underground yeah, human pig, pig person.
1: One hundred percent, right? Like definitely not trying to get too deep in the conspiracies on, theories on this one, but you know they've probably tried this before, right? There was a, at least one. You know, this is probably the first one that was like ethically sound, like sounding enough to be talked about, right? or wasn't, you know, wrapped up in some troubling black box project. But, you know, the Germans probably tried this back in the 30s, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Like, you know that there was some, like, mad scientists out there, right? Like, we know that one, uh, was it the one scientist was in, in China or whatever that d- uh, um, did some of the first, like, gene manipulation and stuff like that. So there's there's science that's out there going rogue. Like, so, you know we don't know exactly what's going on but you know they are doing it right they have created them um and you know that 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 line of when they decide to destroy the n bureau is going to keep moving forward you know it's going to happen right i'm sure there's going to be debate about it but um so okay so that's the science stuff um but you know this this whole like human pig hybrid thing Um, and Chimera in general, it's definitely, like, taken off on the internet, right? And that's kind of where my interest in this topic lies, right? Like, I'm sure at least some of our listeners are familiar with all the, like, weird photos circulating on the internet over the past, um, you know, few decades of supposed uh, human-pig hybrids. Um, So, you know, some of these images definitely captured my imagination, um, you know, and I would definitely, like... Truck them out, you know, after a joint at a dinner party. You know, like right, do they look like, like
0: Porky pigs? Do they wear like like no, shirts, but no it's pants. It's actually like and, weirder okay.
1: and kind of not. It's kind of sad, but, um, but basically, the all these images are from a certain type of disease, or I think it's like a birth defect where their eyes don't separate. I I don't know. I forget what the the oh. term for it for, but it, it makes this. It gives them this kind of like haphazard, kind of crazy face. And some of them get like um, uh, these like uh, uh, like tentacles almost coming from their head or like a trunk or they'll get these like kind of like ape-like faces um, or or sometimes they even like look human-like, which is why it's sort of like become like this sort of human-pig hybrid thing. So if you Google that, you're definitely going to see some of these photos. And they've been like documented I think for for a long time. There's like – you know, drawings of them back in like the 18th century or whatever, but um, but you know, perhaps inspired by that, or maybe just parallel with it, were um a number of ho- straight up hoaxes, and then also images taken out of context, um, specifically of sculptures of human pig hybrids made by artists or tricksters, right?
0: Right.
1: Um, so those will also so there are there are works
0: of art out there that.
1: Yes. People like to take the time to make these hybrids. Right. And it's not just human pig. Right. There's definitely ones out there um, of of all kinds. I think there's even like I think there was even a period of time in like 18th century America where people were just going around uh, like back when they started doing like taxidermy. They would just start stitching animals together, you know, and like making shit up basically like selling them as like curiosities, like, you know, you go to some like weird like museum uh, and they would have these sort of like stitched together animals. I think, in fact, I think some of the early scientists thought that the platypus was, was in fact that, right. They were sent the platypus carcass and they thought it had been stitched together. In fact, they like looked for the stitching because they didn't believe that here was this, you know, creature that had the duck bill and all that. So oh, yeah, so, okay. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. But it is like this thing for people to create these like images, like generally sculptures of human pig hybrids. Um, one notable one is um, uh, an Italian artist, um, Leira Meganucco. Um, she uh, uh, created a sculpture. Of one that um, definitely made the rounds. There's like some sort of fom- famous photos of it that like people thought was real. I think it made its rounds on like Twitter or something. It's like this little pig boy, little baby, sort of like, laying next to a pig, like as if it had been born there. Um, and she's also known for creating a sculpture of a woman mouse hybrid um, that Wait, made a woman
0: mouse rat- hybrid.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's okay. even creepier. Um, but it made its rounds as a possible alien also on on Twitter, so mm-hmm. we'll post some links uh and some photos of this stuff on on the website so yeah, so I mean, it's like definitely like it's definitely a weird subject that people like are kind of obsessed with you know there's these sort of two extremes to it, which is like the real stuff that's actually happened in the scientific world of like trying to like put animals together, you know animals and humans together, and then there's this sort of like mythological side to it. But then now there's starting to be some like, you know, like actual stuff falling in between. Right. So one last thing I'm going to bring up before I sort of hand it to you, and I think it'll, it'll segue well to yours, um, which is, this is something I came across with chimeras, which, um, uh, uh, which is the aquatic ape theory so so this was yeah so this was actually first talked about by um, German pathologist Max Westenhofer uh, who said that um, certain human uh, he made the case that you know certain human characteristics such as hairlessness uh, subcutaneous subcutaneous fat subcutaneous subcutaneous Subcutaneous. okay thank you um, re- the regression of the olfactory gland, webbed fingers, direction of the body hair could all indicate an aquatic past, right? And he cited a bunch of authors that uh, made, you know, similar speculations. He at least at one time did not believe that humans came from apes. So he believed that this may have been during the Cretaceous period, contrary to what, you know, uh, is possible given the geologic and ev- evolutionary um, biology evidence at the time. Um In his words, uh, the postulation of an aquatic mode of life during an early stage of human evolution is a tenable hypothesis for which inquiry may produce additional supporting evidence. Um, He later deserted the concept, (laughs) but others picked it up and ran with it. Um, So a more modern one was the Hardy-Morgan hypothesis, um, which was uh, my thesis is that a branch of this uh, primitive ape stock was forced by competition from life in the trees to feed on the seashores and to hunt for food, shellfish, sea urchins, etc., in the shallow waters off the coast. I suppose they were forced to live in the water, uh, just as we've seen happen in so many other groups of uh, terrestrial animals. And I'm imagining this is happening in warmer parts of the world, in tropical seas where man could stand uh, being in the water for a relatively long. Periods of times, right? What do they
0: look like? Give us a picture.
1: Well, so I don't think anyone ever uh, really tried to, like, uh, uh, detail what these things would look like, but the end result being like us, right? Like, you know, that somewhere in between, you know, you take us and then an ape, and then you put a creature in between that swims from the water. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely, like, an out there idea, um, you know, I mean, the first time I heard that, um, that uh, uh, you know, that whales came from land mammals, that seemed like a crazy idea to me. And that's now, you know, fairly accepted that, you know, they basically one day uh, some quadrupeds just like walked off into the sea and just like never came back.
0: Right. They were, were like, event, screw this.
1: They were like, screw this. Right. <laughs> so... Um, So you know, then the idea that you know they came back and made humans or whatever, but or that some may have continued to live in the sea. So that is chimeras, human-pig hybrids, and the aquatic ape theory.
0: Wow,
1: amazing! Um, Amazing, cool. Well, do you want to jump into yours? Because I feel like like we're raring to talk about that. Because like that's the obvious next step here. Yeah, and and actually
0: like. My subject is like too big. We need to do another whole episode, I think, about this stuff because there are so many stories out there, including aquatic apes, actually. Um, But I have some mermaid stories for you. All right. Okay. So, you know, stories of mermaids have fascinated people for millennia and they span the entire globe. Um, from Inuit legends of Alaska to Scotland to South Africa, Asia. It seems like everybody's got a mermaid story. Um, Most of us know them as these aquatic creatures that have the upper body of a woman and lower body of a fish. Uh, Some are described as beautiful. Often, you know, they possess these irresistible, they're like super sexy, right? Like super hot. You know, they they almost cast a spell on their victims um, with this, like, sexual magnetism that, you know, can prove deadly to targets, you know. So in the case of Sirens, um, they lure sailors into the sea to be drowned. And um, others seem to take on more straight-up, like, monster-like appearances and personalities. So, you know, there's no sexiness involved. They're just aggressive and scary. And then there are others that, you know, make them sound more human. Um, So I'm going to start off with a story. And this is attributed to the explorer, John Smith, who um, he's best known for his connection to Pocahontas. um, But he may or may not have actually written the account himself. Um, But basically, uh, there are differing accounts out there that place the year that this happened between 1607 and 1614. But in any case, Smith was working as a sailor in the West Indies uh, when one day he spotted something unusual in the water near the shore, and it appeared to be a woman. So his account describes a creature that, quote, was swimming with all possible grace near the shore. The upper part of her body resembled that of a woman. She had large eyes, rather too round, a finely shaped nose, a little short. So he's completely judgy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> like, he's like, hmm, and one millimeter is short. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Well formed ears, well formed what did those even look like? Well formed ears. Okay. Oh, yeah. Rather too long, and her green hair imparted to her an original character, by no means unattractive. So he's you know, he thought she was hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the story then goes that smith began to feel quote the initial pangs of love so he started crushing hard on this green-haired not unattractive lady you know with the you know the questionable ears and so yeah. forth <laughs> yeah. but then he realized that quote from the wa- below the waist the woman gave way to the fish so like this part was like pretty much a straight up turn off to smith um, and he was horrified by it, and he like he got over his crush pretty fast.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, as you would most people, <laughs> yeah. but not everybody. not everybody, not everybody. No judgment, everybody. No, no judgment. No. Okay, so I just included a little bit in here because Ben Franklin, <laughs> <laughs> what. Yes. Okay, so in, in, in the May 6th, uh, 1736 edition of his Pennsylvania Gazette, Ben Franklin reported from Bermuda, they write, that a sea monster has been lately seen there, the upper part of whose body was in the shape and about the bigness of a boy of 12 years old with long black hair. The lower part resembled a fish. He was first seen on shore and taken to the water, was pursued by people in a boat who intended to strike him with a fish gig. I don't know what a fish gig is, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. but it's not
0: good if you're, yeah. if you're being pursued yeah. by one. But approaching him, the human likeness surprised them into compassion and they had not the power to do it. So they let him go because he looked human. Okay. Okay. So then... Uh, there's a legend of a mermaid in the Netherlands that dates back to the 1400s, and I'll tell you guys about it. So the story goes that after a severe tempest that brought high tides and washed a lot of stuff into shore, there was a, quote, sea woman who was found swimming in the strait of a breached dike. So after the flooding, she was trapped there and was unable to find her way back to the sea. And some local milkmaids would pass by the area each day on the way to milk their cows in a nearby pasture. And they would see her swimming in the water. And at first they were quite afraid. I mean, this is like some creature they've never seen before. But over time, it became kind of mundane. It was a daily occurrence. They got over their fear and they grew accustomed to the sight. So eventually they became brave enough to approach the creature and they thought that perhaps they might be able to capture her. So one morning they resolved to do just that. They rowed out on multiple boats to where she was. They formed this like half moon around her so that she she couldn't escape. Uh, She didn't want to be caught and she put up a fight. And one account says that she, quote, began to flounce and make an hideous, deafening noise, and with her hands and tail sunk a boat or two, but at last tired out. Um, and then the same account says that her captors treated her, quote, gently. They cleaned the sea moths and the shells from her body. They offered her water, fish, milk, and bread, no veggies, um, which she refused initially but in a day or two they were finally able to get it they were able to get her to eat and drink okay and then quote when she had been well washed and cleansed from the sea moss which was grown about her she was like unto another woman so she just looked normal except for like she had this like mermaid tail (laughs) okay so another account describes her and it says her hair was long and black, her face human, her teeth very strong, her breasts and belly to her navel were perfect. The lower parts of her body ended in a strong fish tail. So that's what she looked like. So these women brought her back to the town of Edom, um, like the cheese, where she was dressed in clothing. Um, I'm not sure what they did for the bottom part, maybe, a, well, obviously a skirt. Back in those days, yeah, you know, long skirt. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, understandably, she was till she was still trying to escape back to the sea, but they kind of blocked her from doing that. And people, by this time, the word had gotten out, and people were traveling far and wide to see this mermaid for themselves. And it, you know, apparently became a famous story of the time. So eventually, the town of uh, I am i don't know how you pronounce this. Harlem? H-A-A. There are two A's. Harlem? Harlem.
1: Cl-
0: Harlem? Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, anyway, this town claimed that she had been discovered in their jurisdiction, and they eventually convinced the people of Edom to let her go live there with them. So she was loca- relocated there where, quote, she was put into the townhouse and has a dame assigned to her to teach her She learned to spin and show devotion at prayer. She would laugh. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, the whole deal. Um, And when women came into the townhouse to spin with her for diversion, she would signify by signs that she knew their meaning in some sort, though she could never be taught to speak. She would wear no clothes in summer. So she just like, you know, she's just hanging out for free, free tailing Freetailing it. Freetailing it, right? Yep. Uh part of her hair was uh up in a Dutch dress and part hanged long and naturally. I'm not really sure what that means, but like it looks like it's like kind of like a partial updo.
1: Right. <laughs> Maybe okay.
0: okay. So so she would have her tail on the water and accordingly had a tub of water under her chair made on purpose for her. So they like accommodated her needs um and they gave her like okay she could like hang out with her fish portion of her body in some water and then she ate milk water bread butter and fish and she lived thus out of her element except for her tail for 15 or 16 years and whoa okay Okay. and then she apparently converted to christianity and they believed this because accounts uh, indicated that although she couldn't speak she would bow before the cross so she was, when she finally died after 15 or 16 years, she was buried in a churchyard.
1: Wow. Okay, yeah. That's a cool okay. story. That was a
0: long time for a mermaid sighting. Yeah, 15, right? right?
1: 15, 16 years. I mean, that's not yeah. a sighting. That's like, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. It should be, you know, just. They live, live with lived with you. Lived with them, right. Okay. So so this yeah, n- yeah. next yeah. story. Can I ask I you just a like, couple Yeah, questions. sure. I just
1: want to make one comment on it. Like, like uh, it's just like so disheartening that like the first instinct is like let's capture her like let's I know br- brutalize her like right. s- steal her you know kidnap her basically
0: right do you know what I mean like I, if you I, think- yeah I thought of that but part of it could have been a rescue instinct because if you think about it like she was trapped she was she trapped come okay, in from from the sea and but because still they could have like storm her. they could have let her go they could
1: have put her out in the sea and been like hey can we be friends can we like learn how to like do you know what I mean? It's like that, right. like, like the Bigfoot that they found and then they put in a, like a mental mental institution. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, uh, we didn't talk about that one on the air. Oh, damn. Yeah, where they,
0: okay. were they. I
1: uh, need to hear yeah. about this because I
0: don't even. I don't well, know it was
1: like try. a it was like a juvenile, uh, uh, Bigfoot. I think he was in like Florida or something, and they like, it was like mm-hmm. out walking, and two cops found it and were like, you know, thought he was crazy or something because he was like acting, you know, but he looked like Bigfoot, like. And he looked weird and he couldn't speak English. He couldn't speak at all. I think they thought he was like 16 or something. And I think they brought it to like the mayor. And then they ended up, they didn't know what to do with him because they just thought he was, you know, crazy or homeless or something like that. And then, but the the description of them is very like Bigfoot-like, just like the ones that I had, you know, from that, um, you know, from that area. And they ended up putting him in like a mental institution and just like left him there for like the rest of his life like it's like really you know disheartening that like the, our first thing to do that, that we would do with like this creature that ostensibly has a human side to them right. that we would treat them that we would ignore that and treat them just like we would an, an
0: animal, right? Like, right. Oh, right.
1: this is a possession of ours now. Let's like put it in the... Or because teach we human, we're,
0: we're human and we live a certain way of life. That <laughs> right. So let's Obviously, it, this is better this is for the this best creature. Way. Right? right. Because like it appears to be spinning, quasi-human. Why yeah. would you want to teach <laughs> this like creature? Okay. Out?
1: Okay, sorry. So, sorry. I just wanted to like interject that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll
0: completely, completely hear you. All right. Uh, So, this next one is more recent. So, in 2009, in Kiryat Yam, Israel, dozens of reports flooded in from this coastal town, uh, which has a population of about 39,000, so it's a fairly small town. But people there claimed that they saw a young woman with a tail who would either be lying on the beach or nearby rocks um, or maybe frolicking in the water. Um, Some reports said she even performed aerial tricks. You know, she could do, like, fancy jumps and stuff before Mm -hmm. she descended back back into the depths. And she was most likely to be seen at sunset. Um, If she realized she was being watched, she'd dive back into the water as soon as she realized that. And um, there are a few accounts here. So I'll just read you what one person said. I was with friends when suddenly we saw a woman laying on the sand in a weird way. At first, I thought she was just another sunbather. But when we approached, she jumped into the water and disappeared. We were all in shock because we saw she had a tail. And then another person said, people say it is half girl, half fish, jumping like a dolphin. It does all kinds of tricks, then disappears. So, naturally, this attracted flocks of tourists hoping to catch evidence on camera, and the town apparently offered $1 million for proof of this mermaid's existence. Wow! And I think, you know, to this day, it's never actually been proven that this was actually sighted there. And I have, like, one that's even more recent. So, in 2014 a crew of seven fishermen were working off the coast of South Island, New Zealand. And there had recently been a large storm in the area. So again, another large storm that brings things into the shoreline. Um, So they weren't really surprised when, you know, things washed up on shore, but they ended up finding something that was beyond incredible. So at first they came across something and they thought... Uh, that it was a female body who'd been lying on the sand in the, you know, on the beach. And they thought that maybe this was somebody who'd fallen victim to a crime or an accident at sea. So their immediate, you know, response was to alert the New Zealand Coast Guard, who then, you know, called in the federal police um, because this is, you know, obviously a potential murder. Um, But when the authorities came to investigate and they cleaned away all the sand from the body, they realized that they were dealing with something that they couldn't explain, but they knew it wasn't human. So New Zealand uh, Police Public Relations Officer Bernard Jenkins said that they weren't, quote, exactly certain what the skeletal remains were but they sent them on to forensic and anthropological experts from the University of Auckland for further investigation. And uh, witnesses said it did appear to have humanoid features, but it seems to be resolved to this day, and, and nobody seems to know what it really was.
1: Wait, so they still have the remains somewhere, supposedly?
0: I guess. I couldn't find anything that you know discussed it seems like there was sort of an end stop you know right there uh-huh they sent it in for investigation and i don't know what happened from there
1: oh crazy okay all right cool that's a crazy story i mean just because like then you know well that it's so modern and like there's like police involved and yeah very interesting
0: yeah, But when you look into this, I mean, mermaids have been sighted all over the world I mean, there have yeah. sightings in Japan and South right. Africa and in Alaska I mean, some people speculated that, you know, there's kind of a version of missing 411 in Alaska Where people go missing Some people think that these um, mermaid creatures could be the culprits
1: Oh, really? That like, yeah. yeah, you get too close to them and they'll fuck you up
0: Yeah, they'll fuck you up
1: Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, um, well, I mean, I guess it's it, the, the the modern story is compelling to me just because, I mean, you think of mermaid stories and like old fishermen and you know myths right. and all that right. stuff. You don't
0: like the think old of tiny them maps and... as
1: having any sort of modern context beyond the sort of. Um, there's definitely like the human pig, iron. Mean, there's definitely like a lot of people out there that have tried to create sort of like fake bodies and like discover them on the beach on camera.
0: (laughs) Like It's definitely like a thing. I mean, there was one that was kind of uh, famous where uh, they took like, I think, something from the Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) It was like (laughs) sort of a dummy that was like a prop in the film and put it on a beach. And people were all like, oh my god, it's a dead mermaid. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think there was like a television show that tried to like I can't remember what, what channel it was, like Science Channel or something like that. They tried to, like, kind of like the um, the Megalodon. Remember that uh, the Shark Week where, like, did that whole thing where they pretended like they filmed uh, caught a Megalodon on camera? It was sort of like that. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the idea that people are out there sort of seeing these things or that it's still an active, um, you know, cryptoid and the, the sort of collective consciousness of humanity is kind of interesting to me, like... I definitely went into this this one thinking like, oh, this is definitely just some like fun weird thing that like maybe came out of, you know, the Odyssey or something like, or some literature or just folklore in general, It took on like a whole folklore thing with fishermen. I mean, I definitely don't buy the like, oh, it's fishermen who saw manatees and they thought, man, like. I yeah, mean, it's it like <laughs> kind is of the swamp
0: and... gas of mermaids. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. The right? manatee
1: <laughs> is the swamp gas of mermaid stories, you know. But um, and so I was just like more interested in like, what's the what's the draw? I mean, so, OK, so well, I, definitely, I mean, for
0: one thing, so yeah. much of the ocean is unexplored and remains. So the majority yeah. of it, we don't know what is there and it's deadly. I mean, how much more mysterious can you get?
1: Yeah, and it's like sort of the ultimate femme fatale, right? Like, that'll That's, like draw that you too. into the sort of watery depths. I mean, is that, I mean, there's definitely like a sexual allure to the whole thing, which when you sort of break so it so you down. Kind of have to, to wonder, I mean,
0: these guys, I mean, they're like away for like long periods That's of time. <laughs> I mean, they're like pretty horny. And like back then, they're like, no, you know.
1: Yeah. But, but it's just the, interesting. You don't know, look at a fish you're like, man, the, I want to fuck that. There was that no fish. you porn for them to like him <laughs>
0: <imbite. laughs>
1: Sorry. But I guess, like, for real though, like people have had uh, sexual relationships with dolphins. Like, that's a real thing. That, oh, like, God,
0: really?
1: Yeah. Like, there's Aww. that story about that. Um, I do What is it that uh, there was some science. It happened to like two different scientists where like both there was a woman who had a sexual relationship with one and then there was a man who did. I don't know if that was part of the same project. It was like studying language. They were trying to teach it a dolphin English or something. And she would like masturbate the dolphin <laughs> out of the what? lesson. So it wouldn't oh. be as like, I think this is this is a true story. I'm not going to get it quite right, but this is 100% a true story. And there was another one where the, I think a guy would like literally have sex with a dolphin like and he was like a scientist like so there's definitely like like these weird sexual bonds that can happen with people with them I don't know why but I mean there's definitely the whole thing that like dolphins rape people right (laughs) I didn't hear that I didn't
0: know that really they do
1: Okay. Yes. The answer. The short answer is yes. Like it's definitely something that's like taken on a life of its own. But like they are known to be so. Sexually so when you hear these stories of dolphins species. rescuing
0: people from sharks and so on, it's really they have ulterior
1: motives. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: so well, they're I the think, quote unquote nice guys of the deep.
1: Well, I think they. I think. I think it depends on the species because they are known to be uh, aggressive and sexually aggressive. Um, in other contexts, they can oh, use it man. like kind of like chimpanzees. So I know that like, with, like scuba divers know to be wary of dolphins because they can't attack you just to like, you know, for fun, like beat you up for like being in the wrong neighborhood. So, um, so I think some of them are good and some of them maybe not so much, but we everybody? digress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whoa this is crazy because I know we're gonna we're gonna be doing like a like a, a, a an intelligent animal episode yes coming yes. up but well, we'll talk maybe. more
1: about dolphins but but, but um oh, geez, but I'm I just trying to wrap it. my head kind of, around this idea of the sexualization of a fish right uh with you know what I mean like and it's like attached to this woman it's just well, it's I very feel compelling like also just idea. Like in in
0: in a poetry in a poetic sense like mm. the sea has You know, in the tides, they have all kinds of like fertility and Uh sexual symbolism.
1: Right, but I'm also just wondering, like anatomically, like is it more just like the beauty of this thing is like drawing? Well, I wonder if it's kind of like is it is it it like have a fish vagina? Like, well,
0: is it the cryptid version of like you know, like the thing you can't have? You know, like right, you want what right, you can't right. have so like is possible. like super unavailable, right? <laughs> right? I mean, it's like I everything mean, like, you got like it's like, like super like, hot on top, and then like <laughs> yeah.
1: can't do anything about it. <laughs> that's totally it. That's totally. <laughs> it. You
0: think that's it? Yeah. You can never consummate.
1: <laughs> but there was that really good. What that film recently, um, The Lighthouse. That was really good. Did you? Yes. See that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they about kind that. of, yeah. I feel like,
1: ca- captured that like allure in there.
0: Um, I did. It captured a lot of things. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely. So, okay. So, like, all right, let's get down to brass tacks here. Like, mermaids, do they okay. exist? You think not? they're
0: real? What do you think? <laughs> no,
1: I'm asking you. I'm asking you.
0: Okay. What do you think? <sighs> you know, I usually leave the door open with these things, but I, I kind of feel like no. But there could be what I really feel like is that there are definitely sea creatures that have not been discovered yet.
1: Yes, for sure. And
0: they could have a humanoid appearance. There could be things with faces that look human, and but who knows, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows? What do you think? I mean, okay, so like I'm definitely, I'm also like kind of like no on this one. Like I just, (laughs) I want, I love stuff like this, but like maybe it's just too etched in my brain as like a mythological thing or a psychological idea or a spiritual idea. But, but like the accounts that you read were kind of interesting to me just because like someone, people like interacted with something and I just don't like, I don't know. I just don't buy the idea of dismissing people so easily when they have, you know, uh, experiences, encounters with things that they don't know what it is. And they're just like, no, this happened to me. And I, you know, I know there's hoaxes out there with like people trying to like capture them on camera and stuff. But these stories, you know, that like are then passed down through like a town and like, you know, there's like police reports of, I just... I'm like, well, I'm not going to deny that something happened or somebody didn't see something that they couldn't explain. Right. Like, I just don't think that's, like, I don't know.
0: And, of course, yeah, it all goes back to we really, you know, even in just, you know, straight-up scientific terms, we do not know all of the creatures that currently reside on Earth. We just don't. Yeah. We don't know everything right now.
1: Yes, so. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like there are creatures that um, you know, on this planet that have a there's a um I don't know, I don't know if like supernatural quality to them is right or not, but there's there's there yeah, something like a supernatural quality to them where there's something something about them that's sort of beyond, something about them that el- evades our you know, very dry uh, um, you know, view like sort of hard facts view of the world, right? The very like tables and chairs and this is how it all, all it is, you know, that there's something like the Thunderbird, you know, with the, right. the native Americans that there's, it connects to some something to do with our consciousness or, or, or this, the great spirit of, you know, nature or something like that, that there's, there's, um, you know, creatures out there that have powers that we don't quite understand you know that are connected with things we don't quite understand, and that the the rules maybe don't apply to them in the same way that we understand them to apply. And I think that's that's a thing. So, yeah, certainly, you know, mermaids. <laughs> it, it does definitely seems far fetched. Maybe that you know Tom Hanks movie kind of ruined it for me. But, um, but uh, you know, yeah, I th- I think that you know people have seen something. It's like the the troll episode. Was it the troll episode that thing that like uh-huh. came running out of the sea or something? And this guy like had this crazy fist fight with it or whatever. Like, I'm like, where did that story come from? Like, I just don't think that. I think people do exaggerate, you know. And I think tall tales are are truly a thing. But this idea of just making shit up out of nowhere like that it doesn't right. quite make sense to me in terms of how urban legends grow and how folklore grows, right? There's usually an element of truth in there.
0: Right, and you kind of have to wonder what that truth is. If it's like something that's at the core right? and we all just have different ways of describing it. So, you know, you kind of embellish a little bit and, you know, you're informed by your culture or your expectations or, you know, what you think you see. But, you know, maybe there's something going on underneath all of that that unites all of these different sightings.
1: Yeah right, right. I guess what I'm saying is like yes there's like a very hard materialistic stance to take on all this and then there's one that recognizes that you know our our connection to these myths and and something, there's something more living in that there's something that um, to, to be paid attention to do you know what I mean? That could teach us something about this world and how it works. You know, even down to the level of maybe a deeper understanding of things like physics, right? right. So, because when you get down to like like quantum theory and all the like string theory, like they're just as weird as any of this stuff we talk about, right? Like, if if that's the sort of substructure of reality, there's some flexibility in it that we don't quite understand yet,
0: right? And again, more episodes coming at a later <laughs> yes. date, yeah, yeah, delving yeah.
1: into that so. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Because I don't understand it.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Well, I think, we, I think we did. I think we did we Chimeras. Did we did Human Pig Hybrids. We did hybrids Chimeras. Finally. We did Human did Pig Hybrids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Human Fish Hybrids. I, I guess I guess Chimera, I don't know. I don't know what the, really the difference is anymore. But I guess, yeah, Mermaids, definitely Chimera, but... I guess a human fish hybrid would maybe look more like, you know, that what was that, um, movie, the It was a dude with a yeah, fish yeah, yeah. head. Yeah. Or that something. would be like more like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, okay. um, go cool. Either
0: way.
1: All right. So yeah, more cool episodes coming up. Rate and review us.
0: Yes, please. If you're liking the podcast, it helps us out so much. If you would leave us five stars, Uh, Leave us a review if you've got time. We really appreciate it. And also, if there are stories that you have, something weird that's happened to you that you want to share, no judgment here, we would love to hear about it. Please email us, shadowlandpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yep, and thanks for those people sending them in. Uh, yes. we, we're, we're we're still collecting, so we're gonna we're gonna do a show at some point. Yeah, we're we're week, very right? excited,
0: and like come October or Spooktober in yep. the Shadowland world, uh, we're gonna be doing our first ever uh, listener compiled episode.
1: Yep. Cool. All right. Well, I think I think we did it. You feel good?
0: I feel pretty good.
1: Okay. So I guess until next time.
0: Till next time. Talk to you soon. All,
1: All right. Bye. Shadowland podcast is produced by Seth Javlon and Christina Calloway. Edited by Tim Kelly. Theme music by Tim Lincoln.
0: Thanks, Tim.